welcome back to another episode of We Love College Warski. Today I've got Jared Meyer. He's a Wisconsin alumni. He runs Lake Lovers Clubs, uh, uh, Twin Lakes Corn Fest, just about everything fun and skiing right now. Uh, Jared, do you want to say hi? Talk about who you are? Yeah, for sure. Right on. Uh, we love water ski, collegiate water ski community. What's going on? My name is Jared, like Joey said, a former UW-Madison alumni and doing a lot of efforts right now around Lake Lovers Club and Twin Lakes Corn Fest that very excited to, to kind of share and talk to y'all about those efforts today. Yep. So cool. So what's your background in skiing? Yeah, so I actually started skiing at a very young age. I can't like my probably before I could even remember. So my parents met on a show ski team in Twin Lakes called the Aquanuts. And my sister and I probably started around three or four years old skiing respectively. And I'd say for about the next call it decade and change, uh, really immersed in the in the show ski world. For those that maybe are, are unfamiliar with show skiing, it's uh, kind of a blend between theater, theatrics, sound production, uh, and really like a, a, a show and water skiing, right? So we build pyramids, we do freestyle trick skiing, barefoot endurance, kind of the whole nine yards. And then in high school, I was searching the internet looking for how can I continue to water ski in college? And I saw that schools provided scholarships. I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I can do what I love and get college paid for. Sweet. So little did I know that you had to be kind of the best in the world at this thing called three event water skiing, more or less, and only a small subset of teams offer those scholarships. So while I didn't go to the Monroe's or Lafayette's of the world, I did go down the rabbit hole at UW-Madison. I spent the best four years of my life there helping the team out as an equipment manager and team captain uh, at UW-Madison. Cool. So I know, so obviously your dreams got crushed by not being able to ski for ULL or ULM. I think Rollins does scholarships too, but like yeah. by the time you were there, like by the time you were like looking like heavily at colleges, were you anywhere close to it or was it just kind of like a, oh, never mind. It's funny that you say that. So I actually got a, an outreach from, his name is Mason Meckler at Arizona State and he was talking about the Arizona State Sun Devils being a top five team and offered me to, to fly out. And I guess for, for context for the listeners, uh, my favorite event is Trick. And I, I think at my best, peaked 4,000 once, two passes in, in a, in a, in a um, regular collegiate tournament. And so I guess I was like on the cusp of sorts of, of doing that. But at the end of the day, out-of-state tuition was yeah. really really expensive and Madison is, is a phenomenal school so it just made the most amount of sense to, to kind of stay put mm-hmm. okay yeah cool that was it's one of those weird things where granted it's like kind of like people having their Uncle Rico stories of like oh I could have if but yeah there's like there's some kids that uh, I met like through like uh, Ohio ski clubs and they're like really good skiers like one kid's he opens at twenty two off at like I think he's seventeen now so like he I think he actually committed to Purdue so good good luck Purdue he's gonna be great but like he's like opening in short line 
and he wouldn't even like sniff Alabama's team because that's the other school he was looking at. It is like insane, just the talent gap between like scholarship and non-scholarship schools. And sure, and and there's a there's a whole dynamic between the scholarship schools and as you know from from skiing in the Midwest of just styles and vibes where we all get together at nationals and what teams are out till 2 a.m. and which teams are in the the hotel rooms kind of getting a a full eight hours of sleep you know what have you so it's i'm very very excited or uh just honored to to have skied at wisconsin have kind of taken part of that midwest vibe with uh great lakes and great plains uh specifically yeah, cool. So you said that you spent four great years at Wisconsin. What have you done since you've left Wisconsin? Yeah, for sure. So I think in and as it relates to Twin Lakes Cornfest and Lake Lovers Club, I've kind of been running those in parallel over the course of the time in Wisconsin. So definitely excited to to chat those up. But since I left Wisconsin, trying to be a part of the collegiate community in ways that I can. Um, for those that attended collegiate nationals last year, I was one of the two DJs. Uh, those of you who knew, who know the name DJ Dirty Dan, I was alongside with him DJing like 40 plus hours at, at that at that event, which was amazing. I think we 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 DJed more than we than we slept that that weekend. So trying to be involved in, in a music capacity and then. Yeah, I mean, through Twin Lakes Cornfest, we kind of hit, as with everyone, the, the COVID barrier of sorts and had to pivot to digital events and try to put those on. And then in 2020, uh, 2021, we're like, oh, do we really feel comfortable doing a, a thousand person event again? So we pivoted to Lake Lovers Club and, and just really tried to get some some wind under the sails there. So. Yeah, very excited. I've been working on those kind of ever since leaving and excited for a really fun and fruitful 2022 season. Wait, you got a thousand people at the first Cornfest or first or second Cornfest? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Cornfest origin story uh, actually dates back to call it, I think it was 2014. So, gosh, what is that, eight years ago now? So what it looked like at the beginning was was definitely not what it looked like now and for those uh, listeners who haven't heard of of cornfest cornfest is a music and water ski festival with a focus on fun and a twist on tradition so what i mean by that is we take kind of traditional water ski events or contests and kind of put a fun spin on the rules so we have a total of eight different contests this year uh, ranging from freestyle trick ski to endurance barefoot to swivel to long distance jump to freestyle jump and and really just trying to put okay instead of trick skiing with a timer and points and you only get 20 seconds and it's behind this type of boat what if we made it subjective and kind of borrowed some of the the, the rules and regulations from the wakeboard community put trick skiing behind a wakeboard boat and like focus on showmanship as it relates to the show ski community. So, you know, just for context and then rewinding back to the beginning to answer your question directly of like, definitely not a thousand people. We probably had, you know, a hundred people at the first one. And it was just barefooting and trick skiing. 
and we use the money that we raise. We, we charge for a little bit for corn and a little bit for entrance, and we use that money to fund uh, a memorial trick ski award at the Wisconsin State Water Ski Tournament that actually had a lack of funding, right? So we, we took all the money that we made for it. We got the, the award reinstated and just have been building it ever since slowly since since 2014 cool yeah i know it's like definitely grown a little bit like uh just like recognition wise like every year because uh before we were on this call before we were on this call we were talking a little bit about the purdue spring tournament talk about purdue a lot today but while we were like sitting around in the like uh just sitting around on the lakeside a couple people were like oh are you gonna go corn fest this year what's corn fest all this stuff and then me and another girl Anna were like oh we're absolutely going to Cornfest and we're like just talking about like how cool it is and like and so like collegiate kids are like becoming more aware of it just like oh this is a huge thing that happens <laughs> that's so funny that those, those organic mentions of it are just I mean music to my ears on so many fronts um we've my sister who's Jenna who's formerly skied at lacrosse has been stopped at uh, you know, wearing kind of swag or, or Twin Lakes Cornfest stuff has been stopped at like airports. Uh, I was in California skiing at the Berkeley Aquatic Park, and I had my you know, my Cornfest branded vest on, and someone stopped me there. So it's like, wow, you know, it's really kind of growing that you know whether you're in Purdue, California, and airport, like people are starting to like catch on to some of this stuff, which is just which yeah. is really exciting for us. I would say those like cornfest vests are like very cool, like the hey. the weird like like I describe it as like camo, but instead of like the military patches or digital, it's like if it were like corn husks. And they're like like oh that's cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think we still got a couple for sale. www.twinlakescornfest.com. If if anyone's interested, we can link that in the show notes as well and. Yeah, it's 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 definitely grown for sure. And uh, in terms of logistics, if anyone wants to come and hang out, it's going to be August eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, at Lance Park. And for the collegiate audience, what we have some really interesting ideas of how you can kind of get involved in Corn Fest, even if you're on the West Coast or East Coast or can't make it in person. We're doing uh, a couple uh let's see just digital events if you will so on our instagram account uh which is just at tl cornfest for those who haven't followed it yet be sure to go check it out we're doing uh what's called a, a three trick line competition this year so essentially what that is is that you go out on the lake and string three tricks together whether that's on your trick ski or a slalom ski or jump or a kneeboard whatever whatever works for you uh, post it as a reel, tag us uh, at TL Cornfest, and the winner of that three-trick line contest will actually get invited to come to Cornfest, perform their three-trick line, and if they're able to execute it on the spot, then they, they win $1,000 just right then and there. So Crazy. That'll, that'll be a kind of a fun, lightweight way, and we also have some, uh, some fun Lake Lovers Club programs and initiatives uh, to kind of get involved either throughout the summer and, you know, even coming to Cornfest is kind of like a merger of those two. So very, very stoked on that. Cool. 
And so you mentioned they'll be like invite if the three line winners they'll be invited to like come beyond corn be like at Cornfest. Uh, how do you like find your competitors? Like who? How can you convince people to like come ski for corn? Yes, uh, the the I ski for corn, we ski for corn tag is is definitely one that we've kind of built. It, it's a it's a really great question, and uh, the co-founder of Twin Lakes Cornfest, Daniel the Mano, for those that. Uh, have listened to the Masters or any big water ski tournament for that matter, uh, you probably heard of his voice at least. So he's integrally connected to the Toad Water Sports community and has seen show skiers, three event skiers, wakeboarders, wake surfers, kneeboarders, barefooters. So he has a very good purview of the space as a whole versus kind of like these individual silos. And from my experience, from being really invested in the show ski community and then collegiate three events and then just regular three events, just ask who we know more or less. We've, we've put out uh, applications the past couple of years for folks to apply and get involved. And we, we do that just because it's you know, with you know, only a certain amount of sunlight. We need this many amount of skiers to just kind of make the event gel together. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, it's just kind of word of mouth asking folks uh, they want to get involved and to come hang out. Cool. So you said that you've expanded from two events to eight now in the weekend. Oh, do you have like? Yeah, yeah. Go on. I was just about to ask if like some events were easier to find people for than others. Yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely uh, a stretch as we've scaled, and I think from the earliest vision of having to and, and really wanting to, to make this event uh, focusing on fun involved as many aspects of the Toad Water Sports community as possible. So like you said, going from two to eight, uh, we've got barefoot, freestyle trick ski, uh, freestyle jump, long distance jump, swivel, kneeboard, wakeboard, uh, and then the last one is um, we have a freestyle, so we have freestyles broken up into two different sets, a duos and a singles. So of the ones that it's, it's more hard to find folks for, I'd say it's probably the long distance jump contest because it's really hard to do long distance jump on a public lake behind a wakeboard boat, right? So it's our first year we had, you know, collegiate legend Zach Warden, along with Brant Shipper and Brandon Shipper come on out and they were jumping in white caps. So it's like who who is you know really uh, excited to kind of test the waters and that is definitely kind of been a trickier one to get folks into. But you know, we're moving in, I think, to to Nikki Weber's brilliant idea of doing the night jump at Collegiate All Stars last year, of kind of doing it at dusk this year. So hopefully there's going to be more appetite for that one for folks to come out and ski in. Yeah. So it's always like super, like granted, I'm terrible at jump, but I love jump so much. And it's like, though, it's always like crazy. Just, I like to say, I'm not like, oh, like I don't need conditions. I'll just go out and like ski on water. But it's real different when like the water's like jumping up at you as you're cutting in the ramp. Like, and I can't imagine just just the change of going behind a bear, like just the wakeboard tower. Just, yeah, it's, I, again, I, th I think it's just the kudos to Centurion Boats to be able to make a boat that can truly do it all in that respect. And 
Yeah, like you said, I mean, if it's a little rolly in your jumping, it's definitely uh, an interesting variable to, uh, to wrap your head around for sure. Mm. Nice. And so uh, as we're like talking about like this year's event, uh, what's like? Do you have anything like new or special planned for Cornfest that like, you haven't done before, like that at the yeah, event? Totally. Uh, in, in addition to the new events that we have, kneeboard uh, is a first time event. Freestyle singles is a first time event. We're really trying to look to integrate kind of the collegiate community here, whether it's through digitally uh, growing involvement through the tr- three trick line contest and getting folks to come there, or uh, getting a little ahead to the Lake Lovers Club stuff. Uh, we have a, a very interesting initiative that we're piloting there to just grow participation in the sport. How can we get more more folks on the water? And the team that passes the most handles, or the top three teams, will actually be invited, all expenses paid, right? Your, your ticket, your meals, what have you, as a way to celebrate passing the handle to, to as many people as you can and then ultimately get a shot to win another thousand dollars for your club to go towards equipment and grants so it's like how can we integrate the communities in an even tighter way this year and that's something that dano myself and jane who are kind of the you know the founders of it are really trying to kind of champion this year cool and so with like so you're talking about like you just like you want the collegiate community to get more involved. Do you have any ideas of how they could how they could get more involved in this or just in general getting people on the water? Yeah, for sure. I think there's um, there's a cornfest angle and then a lake lovers club angle, and I'm happy to speak to both uh, once we chat to the the lake lovers stuff. But I, I think there you could think of it in maybe three ways. So the first would be you know, just to follow our pages on Instagram at TL Cornfest as a way to kind of keep in the loop of all the things that are going on uh, with Cornfest. The second is participate in our digital contest, right? I think it'd be a really fun way to uh, showcase your skills or even what you're working on, uh, stringing three tricks together as a reel, tagging our page so we can kind of keep track of it and evangelize it, really. I think being able to give more light to the collegiate community uh, on, on our pages and just evangelize what y'all are doing is, is an amazing thing. And then lastly is to just attempt in person. It's, I know a hike for some folks, but those that are maybe local in the Midwest or, or maybe uh, willing to make the drive, I know that the Nebraska team is very keen on not only coming, but, but bringing their corn with them uh, as, as the corn huskers. So it'll be a really fun vibe. Uh, we're trying to do a camping experience for those that are familiar in, in the Midwest that's it's pretty typical like to go to one of these tournaments and, and pitch a tent and camp out for those that want to and yeah those are the three follow the page participate in the three trip line and then attend cool um I'm excited for like some sort of like passing the corn ceremony from Nebraska to you guys like appreci- it's gonna be like a big production where like each of you like hand off like an ear to each other we do we do a corn a corn relay race across yeah. the country where uh, Cal Poly is passing it to the brand. It's like a big baton. So it's, uh, it's like the Olympic torch to someone like an ear corn that's just flaming in someone's car. Yeah. Precisely, and, and you're you're also planning to to make the journey to to Twin Lakes, right, Joey? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll be getting back from California like the week before, so be quick turnaround just to 
head back up to Wisconsin and hang out with everybody. Yep. Yeah, maybe we do another one of these real time. Or even with, uh, I, I know that there's a lot of UW Madison folks, Milwaukee folks, lacrosse folks. Perfect. Uh, past, present, you know, maybe even some future collegiate water skiers that string them all up and have a series of podcasts live at the fest yeah it's awesome. gonna be a lot of fun it'd be awesome especially just like doing something during the day because as much as i love collegiate tournaments it's impossible just to stare at the water all day you have to do something else exactly and that's a, 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 another beauty of uh twin lakes corn fest in general is that it's yes it's centered around the skiing but there's going to be live music there's a belly flop competition, right? There's a corn eating contest. There's cornhole. There's like all these other things that you can do off the water to just have it be an immersive weekend focused on fun uh, on and off the water. So very, very excited about that. Yeah. So before we move on to Lake Lovers Club, because we're about there and the questions that I have, but just mentioning live music, like, that's one of those things that's like I never like really thought about that at a tournament, and then I had it once, and it's like it's a game changer. Like every tournament should do some, should try to get some sort of live music. Just it's an awesome way just to keep people involved with what's going on, and then if it's at night, just like basically get people back to the lake, and like hang out, uh, give people reasons like see each other. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on, on that note, I've uh, mentioned the. You know, aspiring DJ, music producer with, with Dan um, with Fugacity Project. We have this vision, and maybe it does or maybe it doesn't come to fruition, but there's so many folks in this space in collegiate water skiing that are musically inclined, right? You have the Southern Angels um, with Colin and the Texas A&M folks that, you know, they're touring nationally right now, and they kind of you know, have they, – they played at all uh, nationals last year, and I know – Adam Monkey from Iowa State you know, has a band and a music project. I'm sure there's countless more of like, what if there's a world where, you know, we could you know, bridge the music lovers and the water ski lovers together and kind of have, you know, whether it's a Michigan State tournament or a Cal Poly tournament of like some aspect of aligning and coordinating the musicians across the space to, to that exact point, whether it's playing shows or just kind of getting some exposure at, uh, you know, a local collegiate three-event club as a way to just kind of amplify the event during the day because, to your point, it's just very nice to have something going on uh, while the on-water action is taking place. Mm-hmm. Nice. So moving forward, away, a little bit away from Cornfest, so towards Lake Lovers Club. So you're wearing the shirt for it. Uh, what is... Oh, there it is. Lake Zephyr Lovers. So what is it? Like, how'd you start it? What are your goals with it? Yeah, for sure. So Lake Lovers Club is really an initiative dedicated to embracing the lake life, protecting the future of water sports, increasing participation across all disciplines and ability levels, focused on developing the future athletes, boating enthusiasts, as well as spreading general lake etiquette, basic toad water sports, knowledge and safety. So what that means, more or less, the barriers to the sport are relatively high, right? You need to have a boat to get on the water and know somebody that has a boat to get on the water, be close to a cable park or what have you, right? There, there's a lot of barriers. So what Lake Lovers Club is really trying to do more or less is be the connective tissue 
for resourcing, for etiquette, for passing the handle, for wake, wake responsibly, of just getting more folks onto the water as a growth initiative and trying to de-silo a lot of the siloing that, quite frankly, is going on in our sport. There's the three eventers over here, the wakeboarders over there, the show skiers over there. And I know when you and I you know, met in person and talked about um, this at Collegiate uh, Winter Conference in, in the Midwest, I think you shared a story around um, there being a show ski team not too far away and just having little or no awareness of it or like a three event community, like not talking as fluidly with their folks and their peers, quite frankly, in, in the show ski space. So just trying to, to de-silo a lot of that stuff and just promote toad water sports as a brand and try to get as many new people into it as possible. Yeah, I know. I remember, so Full transparency for everybody watching or listening. Me and Jared had this a similar conversation a couple months ago, and we lost it. So we're doing it again. So uh, I remember a couple months ago, I always used the phrase, like, slalom snob. Like, it's one of those things that people... Uh, I've met a couple people who... Nicest people in the world, but if you're not going to, like, have, like, a nice ski boat or not, like... Or not slalom, like, they're... They're going to hang out with you off the water, but, like, if they don't really want to, like, oh, you're going to go, like, try to trick for, like, 20 minutes. Cool, I'll be on shore. They don't, like, want to, they want to do their thing, and, like, if you want to slalom, cool, they'll take you out. They'll help teach you how to slalom, but that's the only thing they're going to do. As opposed to, which, like Jared's been saying, like, it's a lot of siloing, where if you want, like, just people, just people on the water, you got to be able, got to be, more flexible with oh we're gonna ride around jumpers gonna try play chicken on trick skis we're gonna i don't know we're gonna like pull out a tube i hate tubes but that wouldn't stop me from pulling a tube like stuff like that it sounds like that's a lot of what you're doing trying to do with lake lovers club yeah totally i think you hit the, the nail right on the head of I forget what brand or company had this, but I went to the Masters and maybe it was 2018, 2019 that said like, if and it was a, a water ski shirt that said, you know, if it was easy or something like that, or if slaloming was easy, they'd call it wakeboarding. And it's like, whoa, that's, that's kind of a red flag because, you know, the wakeboarders are brothers and so are the kneeboarders and the show skiers as well. Like the community itself isn't large enough to have these silos, if that makes sense. So really just trying to be that connective tissue as a brand. And, you know, I really started, I think it was 20, tail end of 2020, Dano, Jane, and I were sitting in a room together, like probably scoping out what 2021 would look like. Are we, are we not going to bring Cornfest back? And it's like, you know, with COVID, we didn't really feel comfortable, but what are some of the, the lighter touch ways that we can build community in this crazy time? And we, we landed on, on Lake Lovers Club as a responsibility initiative. Um, we have a lot of connections with the WSIA, the Water Sports Industry Association, that would, would just tell us stories around lakes being shut down due to poor etiquette, um, whether that's blaring music at max volume at nine in the morning while you're wake surfing 
100 feet offshore and eroding shoreline or and, you know and that's carrying an invasive species from one lake to another and just there was kind of a lot of like brass tax problems that the water sports industry was facing so how can we provide resourcing provide knowledge for that as well as just grow overall participation right i think declining numbers year over year for a lot of the siloed groups and it's like well Operation Wakesurf, for example, is passing the handle to, to hundreds of new people every year. How can we align and coordinate that across show ski, wakeboard, wakesurf, three event, knee board, to just grow participation? So it's it's been really interesting to kind of solve for that. Um, and again, we're in the early stages of it, so still very much coming into our own and developing as a brand and as an initiative. And yeah, we're, we're looking forward to, you know, hopefully passing a thousand handles collectively in 2022, you know, with the help of the, all the communities kind of uniting together, so to speak. Cool. Yeah, I know, like, it's really easy to say, like, oh, I'm going to pass the handle, I'm going to, like, uh, unite the community, and it's, like, it's one of those, like, hard things that, like, everybody always talks about liability, like, like, oh. that's a huge issue, and it's the, like, hardest thing to like get around while you're doing stuff because everyone who i've talked about like oh are you going to do like a pass the handle thing and they always kind of like that sounds fun but i don't want strangers on my boat because you just don't know who they are and it's the crazy thing like like do you guys have any sort of like resources to help limit liability or try to help like ease people's minds about like bringing out like new people on there like our boats or getting them out to a water park or something like that. Sure. So we, we have two in particular uh, that focus on a best practices, how to start your own, what resources do you need for a pass and handle day? And then B just a wider body of work uh, called the Midwest Toad water sports guide, which kind of lays the foundation of how to get on the water in the Midwest period, whether that's through all the different silos, even sprinkling in ideas as simple as stand up paddle and kayaking, right? How do we get people into the lake life ecosystem? To your point on liabilities is a very interesting subject because it's plagued us in the past. You know, do we register it through WSIA? Do we register it through USA water ski and that's just kind of like as someone in the community who just wants to maybe go to my you know local elementary school or high school and hey does anyone here want to learn to ski for a weekend or there's something along those lines the industry is not making it any easier for all of us to do that so I think there's some really in my opinion some systematic liability simplification from a policy side that needs to happen at these larger initiatives to just make it easier where joey if you want to pass the handle tomorrow you don't have to think twice about liability if i want to go and and pass the handle same thing so wip i guess in terms of maneuvering and navigating through the liability side but just trying to make it as lightweight as possible maybe there's even a family member that you have that has never been out in the water before like can you pass the handle to them and feel comfortable with it. So definitely a work in progress there and hoping to make some strides in, in 2022. Mm-hmm. 
So you mentioned like going to like, oh, your local elementary, middle school, high school. Like that's the one thing that I've always thought like water skiing and like just water sports has missed because every school around me has like a snow ski club. And granted, it's a lot easier to like get a thousand kids on a mountain than it is to get them onto the water. But I feel like that's one of those things that USA Water Ski could look into be like, hey, uh, maybe not like, oh, like each school has a club, but like, oh, we're in Northeast Ohio. Let's contact the 500 schools. Maybe maybe one kid from each school wants to like come check it out. And then from there, you have 500 new skiers that you can like collect into like one lake. Then that also, like you said, builds up like the kids with it, gets them into it from an earlier age, makes them better at skiing long term. And then... Oh, which helps out collegiate teams, which helps grow the sport more, which cycles back to the industry of, like, if they want to keep doing this after all of their schooling is done, they have to buy something. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head, right? And that, you pass 500 handles, you're, you're halfway to our goal, Joey, yeah. of 1,000 handles this summer. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a very beautiful thing, and and just trying to navigate it is, is a fight worth taking on in my opinion right how can we grow the sport not only from an acquisition perspective of getting net new people into toad water sports but i think you mentioned something really interesting of like once they're in what are the retaining mechanisms or programs or initiatives so to speak and that's kind of where we see this dovetailing or like blending together really nicely with corn festas and, and the various touch of the North events that Dano and Jane operate under is that we're really just trying to lower the barrier to enter to as low as possible. So you don't have to be the best in the world to come and do a slalom ski contest. We, we created this event called Buoy Brawl, which essentially for, for listeners of the simplified version is instead of having to link buoys consecutively to score points and if you miss a buoy, your run is done. You get three passes, collect as many buoys as possible, even if they're not consecutive, and you get raffle tickets per per buoy, and you can win a bunch of cool prizes, right? Like my 55-year-old aunt who hasn't skied in you know decades came out last year and participated in this, and she got back into the water sport, and it was just a very light, low-hanging fruit to to actually get in from a retaining perspective and get her back involved so mm-hmm. kind of two sides of the coin there from getting people in and then how do we how do we keep them here so to speak yeah i really like what you're saying with like giving out raffle tickets like pro buoy or something because you know ohio does do like a novice rule and it's like great awesome thing to do where if you've never run a pass before like you get four shots at it like like up and down the lake twice and like that's awesome but like end of the day like uh your score is going to be like five and then it's gonna be next to somebody who's scoring like 50 60 100 it's just, like just seeing that big disparity is like oh that was fun <laughs> like i'm not like com- like people might not think that they like can compete but if you're giving like raffle tickets out like oh like i only got like four raffle tickets cool but my tickets will have that one and she like you get a prize like that's a cool way to get people like back in and keep them like keep I hate like doing like oh everybody's order but like that's like a huge self-esteem thing to keep people like going if they're like if they're not there yet like competitively yeah 
Yeah, and and just riffing on that concept a little bit more, we've got specific awards for kind of your traditional slalom skier, and this is in the context of buoy brawl, right? Your your fastest and shortest rope length. We have an award for rookie of the year, first time ever in a slalom course, uh, most amount of buoys collective, most regardless of speed. We have the slowest speed award, like how many buoys can you get at the slowest speed, and then the wooden ski, right? I, I think going back to our roots, throwing throwing it back a little wise, we, or a little ways, we didn't have these really nice radar and D3 and these nice equipment. And a lot of the original stuff was on just a wooden Cypress Garden ski. Like if you bring that out, can you, how many buoys can you get in almost a slippery slalom you know, flavor? So just echoing your point of the different ways to excite people and get them to, to stay in the sport. Mm-hmm. So with that, like, oh, what's something that you'd like to do in the future? Like looking out further, like five years, 10 years, if it's still going on, like with Lake Lovers Club. Yeah. Um, we have some, we have some bold visions for sure. Uh, I'd love to see a world by 2025 that collectively we've passed 25,000 handles. I think across the communities, we're trying to do a thousand this year. Um, and, and how that really works is, you know, whether you're a collegiate team of, of you know, posting a photo on your Instagram and tagging your team and Lake Lovers Club to make sure that we can kind of track and, and help evangelize the handles that are being passed. And then by 2030, we'd love to have lake ambassadors on 30% of the lakes. And did some math this morning. There's roughly 100,000 lakes, so that would be 30,000 lake ambassadors. And uh, I guess for definition's sake and a little bit more context on like what it means to be part of the Lake Lovers Club. Um, so there's three, call it, I guess, tiers or, or membership levels of involvement is probably a better term where the, the lowest level is just following our page uh, at Lake Lovers Club on Instagram. And then you're, you're a part of the club. So what we're doing uh, pending when this episode goes live for the collegiate audience on this respect is for the next 50 collegiate water skiers that follow the page and become club members where we'll ship you like a really nice thank you note as well as a small gift to kind of thank you for joining the club so that's kind of like your, your base tier of of club membership then there's an active member and that's just simply throughout the summer you know you're at the lake tagging our page in a story or a reel or a feed post to just kind of evangelize the lake lifestyle. And then the third, and this kind of where it dovetails back to your, your future vision question is to become a lake ambassador. And all that really means is passing the handle once, right? And, and you're an ambassador to the sport. You're, you're growing participation actively. And that's, again, just tagging us and maybe your school and the folks that have the most tags per the collegiate team is, is going to kind of come have, at least in 2022, be able to come to Twin Lakes Corn Fest, uh, compete in a, in a, you know, a secret contest that we have going so far at a chance to win a thousand dollars for your club. So, you know, as that relates to bubbling that all the way back up to the Lake ambassadors of like, wouldn't it be nice if we have 30,000 ambassadors passing, one handle a year that's 30,000 new people into the sport by 2030 so very ambitious future goals but I think as a collective 
it's going to take a collective effort, right? It's going to take the show skiers, the three adventures, the wakeboarders, the kneeboarders, the barefooters, everyone to really come together here. And it's something worth worth shooting for. Oh, yeah. Dreaming big, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Always got to go for a moonshot. Like like those weird uh, posters say, like on like classroom walls, like, even if you miss the moon, you land on the stars. Exactly. That's what we're going for. Yeah. So, granted, this is a very purely selfish question. But when you're counting, like, getting people on the water, so one kid on my team, like, this summer, like, his big project is he started a jet ski rental company. And so, like, he's getting, pe- like, new people on the water every day. Do those count? Do those numbers count for us? Would those count for Akron? Or would that you just... Know, you posted the, the new folks on it. Maybe if we can get them on a tube on okay. the jet ski, that, that could count. Um... Yeah, I, I think as it relates to the, to- the the toad water sports element, you know, may- maybe we make an exception for you, Joey, because oh. you hosted us on this podcast <laughs> and, and let us kind of spread the word, so to speak. But um, well, maybe maybe I'll follow up with the team and just make yeah. sure that that those can count. So um, I did think they would, but it's just like because there's, there's contest involved. Like this kid, like. He's just like running a business of getting people on the water. Granted, it's jet skiing, and for whatever reason, people hate jet ski. People in Toad community hate jet skis, mostly because they try to jump wakes while people are skiing. But that, that's just like him. like, oh, we could, I could just win this today. <laughs> hey, but, maybe uh, again, if, if he's pulling a, a tuber or something along those lines, maybe. Maybe we can do like half or something. Yeah. I don't know. Where, where, like I said at the onset, where. We're crafting this live. Um, yeah, folks in the collegiate water ski community that are listening that have ideas on this stuff, like, you know, I'll drop my personal email and cell phone number and Instagram page in, in the in the speaker notes. Like, feel free to reach out to us because, you know, we are all in this together as, as fellow lake lovers and evangelists of this sport. So if you have an idea of, you know, how, how to help us get to a thousand handles, like, do, do reach out. Cool. So that's what I've, those are all my questions for Lake Lovers and Cornfest. Do you have anything you want to add before I get into like the last kind of couple questions? Yeah, let me, let me take a quick look. Um, we talked about how folks can get involved with Lake Lovers Club and Cornfest. Talked a little bit about, you know, our goals for the year. Discussed. You know, some of the fun contests, whether that's the Lake Lovers Club, Pass the Handle Challenge, or, or Twin Lakes Corn Fest Three Trick Line. I think we we have it. Um, cool. I think, well, I guess one lasting note, um, a lot of the stuff will be linked in the show notes for resources, whether that's the Pass the Handle stuff or just, you know, directions to Corn Fest this year. And we'd love to see as many, many of you listeners out there. Uh, coming and hanging out with us in August in, in Wisconsin. Yep. Oh, actually, I just thought of one more for Lake Lovers and Cornfest. So you talked a lot about like who Dano is, what he does. You, you've mentioned Jane a couple of times. Who's Jane? Like, what does she, what's she up to? Jane is the catalyst to this whole thing called Cornfest and Lake Lovers Club. So back in 2014, 15, 16 ish, when Dano and I were kind of just doing this by ourselves and, um, yeah, I'd say like Dano is probably the most creative visionary in Toad and Water Sports that I've ever seen. So I've, I've kind of 
I sit in between the middle of, of Jane and Dano where I'm kind of like, I see the vision. I'm an active participant in the sport. I maybe have that vision, but maybe from an operational excellence side of the house, I'm not as strong because I'm running maybe 10 different projects at a time. And where Jane comes in, Jane is the glue that gels us all together from an operational side. She, you know, is a director of communications at Cannabis One um, uh, distribution company, and she is just a rock star on scaled comms, graphic design, operations, how, how to kind of like take the ideas that Dano and I kind of are, you know, are spitballing on and like, all right, guys, like we are going to actualize this. Here's what it's, it's obtainable from an ROI perspective. Here's what we have for budget. Here's what we need for sponsorships. And she just kind of makes makes it all gel together. So um, that actually brings up an interesting point as well of like, we were kind of talking at the onset before we started recording of, you know, you and I are getting older and like, how do we kind of think about scaling the podcast or scaling um, what we're doing at Lake Lovers Club, Twin Lakes Corn Fest of like, if there's anybody interested in either, you know, a summer internship opportunity or just kind of ways to help in a more active way, like there's so many, so many opportunities within, within our ecosystem to, to kind of help. And, and Jane and I can definitely, um, package something together really nicely for those that are listening and want to get more involved as well. Cool. Well, that's, I'm really glad I asked who Jade was then because that's very important. Has a lot of stuff going on with that. So Kudos, Jane, if, if you're listening, it's couldn't do it without you. Yeah. All right. So moving on to the last section I've got for wider ski talk. So, uh, we've like talked a little bit about like, Oh, we want to pass the handle. Uh, we talked about collegiate show. What do you think is like the biggest growth avenue for the sport or just water sports in general? That's a good one. Uh, I'll keep it short and try to summarize some of the ideas that we discussed earlier of, um, I think with spending a lot of my time, you know, day job is in marketing, you know, thinking about the funnel of, you know, a traditional business setup where we have acquisition at the top and kind of engagement or conversion towards the bottom. How can we pass as many handles at the top of a funnel and get more folks in? And once they're in, what programs, initiatives, ideas can we have to retain? And I, I think if we solve for those and, and take a really business acumen of like looking at, I think a lot of toad water sports kind of bubbles down to altruism and just doing this in my spare time for volunteer of like really taking, you know, a strategic view of this of like, how can we get new people in through passing the handle and how can we get them stayed through collegiate water sports, through, you know, tournaments after school to coming and hanging out at a lifestyle music water ski showcase, like corn fest, right? Like what are, what are the, what are the levers that we can pull to, to help grow the sport? Cool. Yeah, no, those all seem like real important. And then I really like how you focused in on retention because as like much as I hate to say it, like any collegiate team can get 150 people like on like, to sign up for more info and like maybe 50 of them will come out to the water. And of those 50, two will stay. Just kind of like, yeah, trying to get more people just to stay, like stay involved and realize that especially uh, a lot of kids get like intimidated by like, oh, uh, the new person is like the person who's 
skied up skied their entire life and has been skiing competitively since uh, their freshman year of college they just like just went out and then they couldn't stand up like it's hard for them to like come back and say like oh this is for me so i think reten- i think you're right where retention is like re- a huge big issue with that yeah, and one thing to just layer, I, I love that idea of, like, how can, like, so much, so little, I guess, time actually occurs on the water, and I think you could probably attest to this, too, of, like, a lot of the reason of why I stayed in it is for the things that happen off the water, the friends that you make, the long con- car rides that you take to your, you know, tournament itself, and the friendships that you make, so how can maybe my my ask or my challenge to the the collegiate community that's listening to this and is thinking about retention efforts like how can you make it more about lifestyle like how can joining your club be so much more than what's going on on the water because ultimately there is so much more that's going on off the water compared to what's on the water yeah i know i know that's one thing to like really think about for collegiate teams like one thing that my team accurate like we're a new team we're a small team none of us are great at skiing but like, we're really good at getting new people on the water like our like half of our pitch like the preseason meeting like every every team has one we're like oh hey guys this is skiing this is what we do uh like half of it's skiing yeah like hey here's our, here's tournament this is what trick is this is what jump is and then the other half is like so this ends in September, basically, and then the rest of the year, we're snowboarding, we're ATVing, we're fishing, we're doing, like, all these things. We're just, like, we're basically a wilderness club branded as a water ski club. And, like, that's what gets people to buy and stay around, and eventually they end up, like, actually, like, being good at skiing. Beautiful. Yeah. So, so cool. So, uh, last, so my other question for that is, you've talked a lot about siloing and, like, for whatever you like you mentioned it i just picture like a bunch of like corn silos where you can like build up as much as you want but as soon as like you run out of space like you can't get anywhere out you can't connect like silos are meant to like restrict things from like staying together so, so like how could you such a great analogy i have such a great image i never thought of it that way but yeah yeah so like how like how can uh, how can like we as a community or like Lake Lovers Club like try to break down those siloing of like three events versus wakeboarding versus uh, kneeboarding versus show versus uh, just being on the water? Yeah, great question. And I, I, again, we'll try to keep it short as well. I think it's in the, the brand name, Lake Lovers Club. Like we all love the lakes or rivers or bodies of water, I guess, but Lake Lovers got a nice alliteration to it. We all love the lake, period. That's from a community involvement side, like let's set aside our differences in you know, apparatuses, if you will. Like some some folks might not even know the difference between a trick ski and a wakeboard. And they're like, oh, what, what is that? And I've, I've felt that first experience in some of my videos where I'm out flipping on a trick ski and they're like, oh, cool, that's wakeboarding. And then it's like, for sure, like it's, it's water sports. It's, you know, I love being out on the lake. I, you know, it sounds like you're interested in being like, do you want to come ski with us? And whether it's wakeboarding, trick skiing, jumping, freestyle jumping, long distance jumping, like it doesn't matter. We all love the lake. We're all one community. And let's rally behind that as opposed to focusing on our differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I really feel like uh, coming together with that, like, and basically saying like, you, like, 
again, for Akron, the biggest thing is somebody asks, like, oh, can I wake skate? And the like the first thing we said like yeah like if you like we don't have a wake skate but if you bring one we will absolutely we'll pull you on anything do you want to try and stand on a cooler cool we'll do it just like get people on the water try and make them try and make them have fun and then stick around granted that person never came back but still we'll get them we'll yeah. get them one day yeah but yeah that's cool so that's all of the questions I have less I've just got like. Word association, that might be a fun game to finish off on. Yeah, one, I guess one before going to the, the rapid fire word association, like I'd love to turn that to you as somebody who's <laughs> kind of thought about this problem. Of, like, I'd love to hear your pass on like you know what is the largest avenue for mm-hmm. growth of the sport, and if you have any thoughts on on and yourself, I'd love to hear it from somebody who's talked yeah. to so many collegiate teams. You know, is a subject matter expert in in the space like how would you tackle those so for growth in the sport like i think granted takes a lot of capital but i think cable parks are the way to go or the way to like really build things up because i looked into it once just because it popped up on my instagram like oh how much does it cost to like have a cable rig it's about the same as a boat like it's like it's like yeah eighty thousand dollars is a lot but to like set up a cable park you could get people who have zero experience zero lake knowledge just like oh you could go like zip around take laps around this small lake uh we can put like kickers in we can do something if you want to do something cool but i think cable parks are a great avenue especially for solving like how i mentioned earlier the like mountain problem oh stoski can keep growing because they're like there's you can just send a thousand kids on a mountain hold on i gotta sneeze Thank you. Yeah, but if you if we like keep growing cable parks, it's not boats. They're not like loud. We can get like hundreds of people on the water like over the course of an hour just by like having people just take laps and uh, grow that way. So and granted, there's one cable park in Ohio. (laughs) Oh my gosh. There's one cable park in Ohio, but, like, there used to be a couple more, I feel like, especially in cities, and, like, who are always trying to repurpose land. Like, if there's a factory that hasn't been around, like, tear it down, put a lake there, put a cable park on the lake, and suddenly you have, like, 100,000 people who are within lake distance who wouldn't be otherwise. Love it. Any any thoughts on the siloing? Siloing? I think it kind of goes back to... Like, just for, like, a specific goal, it'd be, I'd love to, like, kind of break down barriers between, uh, like, the way events are run. Like, I feel like, uh, like, I, I call it real people nationals, but, like, AWSA nationals is, like, of course it's, of course it's fun, and, like, it is for three event skiing, but it might be good to, like, grow the event by, like, oh, we want to put, like, a, na- a wakeboard contest in there. We might want to put, like, what if we made show ski nationals the same weekend and like, and granted, I'm sure there's fears of like, Oh, if those things are going on at the same time, it's going to like cannibalize each other or it could like, we could structure it and be like, like everybody like slalom finishes. Cool. Here comes freestyle jump. And so you can like participate in both, uh, save travel costs for a bunch of people of only having to do, do stuff for one weekend as opposed to two. 
and then from from there it could also be like not from there but tangentially uh trying to bridge the gap between like pro events and maybe collegiate events just because i know on ballless ray there's a huge debate going on about like oh how many people actually watch these events like they're really well produced they like come on but like the numbers don't lie that like collegiate draws a lot more eyes just because a lot more people are involved so if we could like bridge like involve the collegiate community in the summer to pro stuff i think that could really bring more eyes towards like skiing in general and get more people to like buy into like the lake i guess yeah and i beautifully put and i think yeah weaving cornfest into that is that you know you, you see ryan gay out on the water or zach warden go out and throw an awesome line and then right after that is your freestyle jump or your swivel showcase and it's trying to blend the best of pro talent and amateur talent because we're all in this together in a way and how can we bridge those gaps and support each other whether you're the best jumper in the world or one of the best jumpers in the world and somebody who's just going over the jump for the first time like how can we bridge those in a fun lightweight way Mm -hmm. yeah and so (laughs) those are my two options for siloing and growth do i move on to rapid fire Let's do it. All right. Let's round this out, Joey. So Take us it's going to be one word questions, like one word responses, or just like your first thought on it. All right, ready? All right, yeah. corn. Best. Uh, lake. Lover. Ski. Always. Winter. Uh, this is a phrase, but um, water skiers on ice. Shout out Amber and Tierra, the <laughs> Iowa State Golden Girls, for putting that on. I'd love to see, you know, 500 people have thought of that one day. Oh, yeah. So just moving on from that, water skiers on ice, basically what some Iowa State girls have done is uh, they're like every, I think it's MLK weekend is is their target day. They just like invite like uh, current and like current Midwest skiers, alumni skiers to just take this giant like snow ski trip to, I think last year was Wyoming, like Jackson Hole. And then before it's been Breckenridge, just, they just, like, pool, like, everybody just, hey, it's frozen water, come be on it. It's retention, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's all about community, so love what those girls are doing, shout out to them, but yeah, that's, sorry, sorry for the tangent, no. uh, that was my winter one. Any, yeah. any others? Uh, summer. It's almost here. Um, i just so excited for it, looking forward to a massive season, um, and, and all all spectrums of the toe water sport, so just very excited to have it be just around the corner. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all I have. So uh, thank you so much for coming on. Do you want to say anything before we time out and Google kicks us off? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, just some really quick ones. A lot of this stuff will be linked in the show notes. Um, feel free to reach out anytime, just at Jared Meyer on Instagram, Cell phone number 415-559-5836. If you have any thoughts on what Joey and I were talking about today and want to get involved, please reach out to to both of us and we'll, uh, we'll happily connect from there. Um, just huge thanks for what you do, Joey, hosting these. I think this is a beautiful initiative and excited to see it grow and evolve over time. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. And uh, for anybody who goes to Cornfest, be sure to take the Cornfest pledge. It's the most adorable thing I've ever seen. It's you can find it at like 
at one of the posts on Cornfest. It's Dano talking to little kids, and it's the cutest thing. Yes, so. that'll, that'll be linked as well. Um, thank you so much for having me, Joey, and looking forward to doing this again. All right, thank you. All right, we're done recording. Woo! That was fun. Yeah, did we spend an hour doing that? <laughs>